seriously, good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. And if I'm being honest with you, I can't believe you pushed the play button to listen to this after a performance like that last night. 8-4. Rangers win at the Garden. And... Pretty much everything went wrong, except the offense. Penguins actually did okay in terms of generating offense. They sustained a lot of attack zone time. Um, They put a lot of shots, high-quality shots, on Igor Shesterkin, and he played pretty well. Uh, The New York goaltender did to keep things, you know, where they were. But it's the Pittsburgh goaltending that really defined this. And and I'm inclined – as was the case with Casey DeSmith the other day in Boston, to just let it slide, you know? I mean, Jari's coming back from an injury that had him out for a couple weeks, and even if the injury wasn't all that serious, and nobody who's spoken about it believes that it was, he still wasn't playing ice hockey in that time. So he comes back. Gives up four goals on 11 shots. DeSmith comes in after he gets yanked. Gives up four goals on 14 shots. Eight goals on 25 shots. Uh, You know? (laughs) I mean, where do you even go with it? Where do you even go with it? Uh, You can't get mad at either guy. And, well, Mike Sullivan didn't. We just haven't played with the same same sense of uh, purpose. And as a result, the types of chances that were given up are extremely high. And it's hard to win games consistently when you give up the quality chances that we've given up in the last two games. I respect the man. I respect the stance that he offered. I'm just not buying it. Uh, Sully has nothing to gain, nothing whatsoever, from ripping one or both of the two guys who've been most responsible for the Penguins being where they are in the standings at 24-13-2. And he knows that they both have either excuses or mulligans or both coming their way. Also, he doesn't need to motivate them. He doesn't need to let them know that they did badly. Between the two of them, each had to turn around and fish four pucks out of the net without even playing a complete game. They don't need someone to wag a finger in their faces. They know. So what Sullivan did instead, what he chose smartly, was to point at the team. And you know what? It's fair. It's fair. Yeah, the Rangers only had the 25 shots, and the Penguins did generate a lot of their own offense. But the caliber of the opportunities that New York got was unlike anything the Penguins had been conceding to anybody for weeks. You know, this is now 15 goals in the last two games the Penguins had given up. They hadn't given up more than three goals in any of their previous 16 games. That's how focused and how committed they were on playing team-wide defense. Not just the goaltending, not just the defensemen, but the forwards too. And if you go back to the early goals 
that the Rangers scored last night and do a body count of Pittsburgh sweaters in and around those areas or how many were on the wrong side of the puck, to borrow a Sullyism, it's it's pretty off-putting. You know, that focus and that commitment wasn't there at all last night. It really wasn't in that Boston game either. And if you're the head coach of a team that has done so, so, so many good things lately, you're willing to concede one bad day like what they had in Boston. You aren't willing to concede this one. You can't be. You can't be. And you can't lay it on the goaltending. You just can't. It, it doesn't make any sense to do that from the standpoint of trying to have the team best prepared to bounce back tomorrow night against the Rangers at the Garden. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of most cable bills is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch the same channels and it comes with free DVR and there's no such thing as installation. It also comes now with AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh so you can watch the Penguins and Pirates all year long. Best of all, right now, for our podcast listeners, Fubo TV is offering a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you have to do is visit fubotv.com slash dk. No contracts cancel anytime. Once more, it's fubotv.com slash dk. Sullivan's got a, a history that goes back to when he first came aboard with the Penguins in 2016 of being great at bouncing a team back from adversity. Remember that thing in the playoffs? They'd never lose two in a row. They'd always find a way to rebound from whatever it was that happened. Even if they got slaughtered one night, they, you knew they would come back dedicated the next night. And the reason for that is that Sullivan would always push the pedal on his favorite default mode, and that's to defend, to get on to the right side of the puck. He actually will take situations like this and embrace them. He sees them as opportunities. No, there's no way he enjoys. Okay, don't misunderstand. He doesn't enjoy what happened last night, but he can, he can have this team push a reset button instead of a panic button. Another thing that was interesting about what he had to say after the game was he went out of his way to point out how well the Penguins performed offensively. And that's also part of his standard message, just kind of shedding some background light on, as I've talked to the man a lot over the years, on the record, off the record, and why he says some of the things he does at the times that he does. He loves to put forth the message that the goals will come. If you take care of these other things, the offense will be there. You don't have to cheat to make it happen. And I can promise you that at the Penguins' next video session, whether it's you know before or after the practice they're supposed to have in New York today or sometime closer, 
to the next faceoff, he's not going to emphasize the breakdowns as much as he will the offensive opportunities that were had. Tons of them by Evan Rodriguez, Jake Gensel, Brian Russ, Sidney Crosby. Uh, it wasn't just the first line either. Everybody was getting them, and they were getting them in a certain way. And what he's going to do is he's going to emphasize, here's how you got this, here's how you got this. Now, if only you had done this one other bleeping thing on that same shift, all these chances and all these goals that you scored would have mattered. This team still has enough firepower at 5-on-5 five five on the power play even missing Evgeny Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen, and others. That all it needs to do is to defend. So don't freak out over this. There's no, there's no step backward or anything like that that went on here. The goaltender, the starting goaltender, was hurt. The other goaltender has been playing a lot more than a backup usually plays and was kind of due for getting exposed a little bit. The rest of it is very much within the coach's control. And I guarantee you he's going to be aggressive about making sure that's the case again. When we come back to the Time for just one question. That's brought to you always on this program by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They also need your help to make that happen. One dollar is all it takes to provide five full meals. One dollar, five meals. Give generously. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. Today's question comes from Shamula, who asks, Are we certain that Jared McCann is going to continue to play as well long-term as he has recently? It doesn't seem all that awfully long ago that he was going through an extended goal drought and was actually scratched by Mike Sullivan during last year's playoffs. If McCann is indeed the real deal, you do have some flexibility with Jason Zucker, but if you're going to pencil him on the fourth line, as you have, you might as well trade him, meaning Zucker. The question that I have always asked myself about McCann is not whether or not he's any good or whether or not he can play this well. It's whether or not he can stay on the rink. I don't want to start painting him as being Bo Bennett too, but he gets hurt, and he plays a style where he can't slow down. Uh, he's got some Brandon Tanev in him. The difference is between him and Tanev is that he's also got some touch. Uh, Tanev can score once in a while. That sounded mean. Uh, but McCann has now 10 goals and 8 assists in 26 games. If you prorate that over a, a full normal season, we're talking about a 30-goal year, and we would all be just singing about this kid and his ability, because not only has he scored goals, but he scored good goals, and he scored different types of goals, meaning 
different than what you see from most of the guys on the team in that he has a long-range wrist shot. That's a dying art in hockey. There aren't many players who even try it, let alone hit it. And as a result, it can throw goaltenders off. And that benefits your whole team when the goaltender's facing a certain type of shot that he's not used to seeing. McCann, for me, is absolutely a top six guy. And I don't care if that sounds completely contradictory to what I was saying two months ago. Circumstances change, stances change. Getting stuck on one stance just to try to prove that you're right or somebody else is wrong, uh, to me, is a lousy way to go through life, let alone this job. McCann's been really, really good. He has earned his spot on the top six, including when Malkin and Kapanen return. I don't see room for Zucker in the top six when everybody's healthy. I happen to agree with you that he's not going to be much of a fourth liner for you, but that's also why I've advocated at least exploring a trade of Zucker. McCann just needs to stay on the rink. There's not much else to it. But what do you do about that? What do you tell him? Hey, Jared, all these times that you go flying around the rink and put yourself into compromising positions and go headfirst into the boards, don't do that anymore. Don't skate so hard anymore. He's not going to do that. That's actually, if you think about how he's gotten hurt, that's been how. I covered that practice Monday in Cranberry. And he was coming down on an ordinary, boring two-on-one drill. And he tripped on something. I, I don't know what. Obviously don't have replays at practice. But he tripped on something in front of the net, in front of Tristan Jari's net, and went into the end boards pretty hard. And he was down. And you could tell he wanted to keep moving on to stay in the drill. And it was Sidney Crosby who came along and put his left hand on McCann's upper back and said, dude, get off the rink. McCann goes really slowly off to the bench, doesn't go to the locker room, doesn't go down the the, the runway, stays out in the bench. This was up in Cranberry. And he's just watching the drills like he can't believe he's missing a drill. And at the next whistle, he goes back out and right back into. You're not going to knock that out of him. You're not going to knock it out of him if the injuries themselves haven't knocked that out of him. Nothing that you advise him to do will. So it's a lot like Patrick Hornquist, and not that they're similar players, but it's a lot like Hornquist in the sense that what are you going to tell him? Don't go to the front of the net. I mean, that's his living. That's what he does. You know? Hey, uh, Horny, why don't you try being a little bit more of a perimeter player for us? You know? Let's see how that one-timer works from the top of the left dot. You just can't, you can't do it. And this, it, the same way, you can't tell guys like Tanev and, and McCann to slow down. Because it's, it's what makes them who they are. McCann's getting most of his goals as the result of his speed. And his speed isn't built up in a stride or two. It's built up because he's flying all over the rink. I'm happy for the kid. This is this is a really, really good young man. It's a nice bounce-back story on a lot of levels. If you're asking me 
if I believe that he's the real deal as it relates to scoring, I don't know that he's a 30-goal guy or whatever the pace would be, but I'd put him down for 20, and I'd take everything else that he brings you to, even if it means he's going to play, I don't know, 60 or 65 games out of the 82 because of the way that he plays. Thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do another Daily Trout Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.